Hello and welcome to the February DCM podcast. Before I get chatting to this month's guest, a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Just search for Digital Cinema Media on your podcast app, then click subscribe, then all that's left to do is listen every month. On this month's podcast, I'm joined by Justin Skinner, who is Senior Vice President of Marketing at Cineworld Cinemas. Now, I'm sure most of you listening will be aware of this, but I thought I'd give you a bit of background on Cineworld. It is Europe's second largest cinema chain, and I'm waiting for Justin to pick me up on this, operating 200 cinemas across nine countries. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. And it's also the biggest UK cinema chain in terms of admissions and also owns the cinema chain Picture House. Cineworld Cinemas are renowned for their subscription service, the Unlimited Card, which provides members with unlimited cinema and discounts and concessions and has been a huge driver of admissions across the portfolio. They also have the busiest cinema in the UK in Cineworld Glasgow, mm-hmm. which is also the tallest cinema in Europe. Crazy cinema fact for you there. And they have the biggest cinema by number of screens in the UK in Sheffield with a whopping 20 screens. They're also pioneering new technologies such as the immersive 4DX cinema, which I'm sure Justin will go into more detail on But firstly, hello, Justin. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. Now, I'm going to start very quickly with a question that I've been wanting to know for a while. Um, Senior Vice President is an American-style title, which we're seeing more and more in UK companies. What exactly does an SVP of marketing entail? Right. Uh, Well, probably not too dissimilar to the title of marketing director, Um, But within my remit sits a whole plethora of activity. So anything from uh, research and insight into customer behavior to uh, trying to grow and differentiate our brand uh, to advertising and publicity, uh, e-commerce, customer services, uh, B2B. Um, So I suppose how I'd like to uh, define it is kind of all parts of the value chain of going to the cinema. Ultimately, we're a business that has the vision of being the best place to watch a movie. Um, And the more that my team can do to help support that with our propositions and driving admissions and growing unlimited and delivering great customer service and experience, the better. And uh, talking about Cineworld as a whole, um, how was 2015 for Cineworld? Uh, well, a fantastic year, just like the rest of the industry. Uh, the industry obviously saw a uh, phenomenal growth in admissions with uh, just shy of 172 million admissions. Uh, we're a PLC. We're currently in our closed period, so I'm afraid I can't divulge too much uh, in terms of uh, how well Cineworld has done. But uh, listen, we've had a great year. Uh, it was a great year of cinema, some really um, stellar uh, blockbusters in the year. Uh, Star Wars continues to grow, you know, now surpassing 120 million. Uh, and it's great to see that 2016 has also started uh, where, where 15 left off. And that's a good segue. So um, what are Cineworld's major plans for 2016? Well, um, just as we did in 2015, we introduced uh, some new propositions into the market. Uh, so we were the first in the UK to introduce, f- introduce 40X, uh, into um, Milton Keynes. Uh, we have subsequently opened a 40X screen in Crawley and now Sheffield, and we shall be opening more over the course of uh, 2016. We've also opened our new VIP uh, cinema in Sheffield as well, uh, which is one price, uh, a private lounge, um, all-you-can-eat like buffet, uh, great customer service, as you'd expect from Cineworld. 
and uh, wonderful screens with lovely lazy boy seats. So a real kind of uh, a treat of a night out. Uh, as you know, we have a lot of IMAX screens, uh, and we've been doing some quite significant refurbishments in our in our estate. And I think that's really important for the ongoing improvement in our customer experience as a business. Uh, you know, we want customers to walk in and just go, wow. And I think the, the, the refurbishments we've currently done in Milton Keynes and Sheffield, uh, we're definitely seeing customers walk in and just go, wow, it's fantastic to see that the money that they're putting back into our business is being reinvested back into the experience. So we've got more cinemas to open, more refurbishments to, to deliver over the course of the year. We'll be introducing more of uh, VIP and 4DX across our estate. So, you know, just outside of the film slate, which is looking really strong, uh, we've got a lot to offer for our customers. I'm just going to take, uh, pick you up on a couple of points individually there. You mentioned 4DX, I mentioned it in the intro. Uh, for those people who aren't quite aware, because I think this is a unique, brand new offering and does offer potential opportunities for brands and clients alike. Yep. Um, can you explain what 4DX is and what makes it so unique? Okay, so... Just to give you a bit of context, 4DX is part of our strategy of, of as I say, being of the best way to watch the movie. Um, uh, a 4DX experience is, if you like, for, for thrill seekers. Um, it's a totally refurbished auditorium that delivers uh, a 4D experience, which actually is almost a bit belies what it does deliver. It's 16 different um, uh, uh, experiences that you get when you sit in your seat. So you walk into a normal auditorium, big screen, uh, big speakers as you'd expect, but in front of you is uh, a, uh, a kind of a bar where you get the different senses of uh, water sprays, uh, the seats are hydraulically moving, uh, there's air that, that, that can um, kind of punch, almost feel like you're being punched in the back of the, back of the head. There's a little uh, uh, mechanism that, that, that uh, for example, if you're getting if a character's getting shot on screen, you're feeling the effect of getting shot. You're lurching if the car goes off the edge of the cliff. So it's a multi-sensory experience, and it is doing phenomenally well. Um, we're, we're happy enough to have the exclusivity in the UK, uh, but we're seeing occupancy levels like we haven't seen before. Uh, a lot of, as you can imagine, the, the kind of action movies play really well uh, in, uh, in 4DX. Um, so last year, Fast and Furious 7 was phenomenal, uh, all the way through to um, Star Wars, which has been phenomenal in 4DX. So as I said, it's a multi-sensory experience. It plays really well to uh, the core cinema-going audience of, uh, of 18 to, to 34s. We've been starting to show a few more kids' movies in there, so kids are, uh, are enjoying the, um, the experience as well. So... Uh, I, I think I would encourage your listeners to go and experience it. And uh, and it's obviously and not going to work for every film. Carol probably isn't so great in 4DX. Yeah, uh, probably not. But um, what films coming up can we look forward to seeing in 4DX? Uh, well, as you might expect, uh, within the slate, the likes of Captain America, the likes of Batman Superman... Uh, we're looking at Kung Fu Panda, London Has Fallen. So we're hoping that you know the 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 big action blockbusters 
will all be 4DX enabled. We ultimately don't have control over which of the titles are 4DX enabled or not. That, that, that comes down to the distributors. So uh, Spectre last year, for example, was, uh, if you like, a bit of a gap for us in that um, Sony and Eon didn't want to 4DX enable their, uh, their title. Um, but most of the big action blockbusters, they see the value in it. Uh, they see that customers love it, um, and it adds, you know, really that extra dimension of uh, of, of cinema going by um, by experiencing it. So, you know, there'll be a great slate over the course of the year. I can't tell you every film that's coming out, but uh, pretty much every month um, you'll be getting, you know, two or three of the uh, of the big titles that do extremely well. And Cineworld is also uh, a leader in IMAX technology, is that correct? Correct, um, yeah. You're installing IMAX laser projection in a number of sites? We have installed IMAX with laser in Sheffield. Um, and again, well, but Sheffield is our um, huge cinema, as you mentioned, with, with 20 screens. Um, it does significant admissions over the course of the, uh, the year. And IMAX with laser has gone down phenomenally well. I mean, it's crystal, crystal clear. The sound is fantastic. The blacks are really black. That's because uh, people who have got an issue with digital generally pick up on the blacks, don't they? But yeah, they, I, I think I, you know, to the untrained eye, uh, frankly, a big screen is an amazing experience. Uh, for those of us that have been in the industry a while, uh, yes, you do get to see that in the corners of some of the big screens, perhaps the light isn't really delivering uh, the, the the full spectrum in the corners. But you know what? That that's just uh, picking at hairs, frankly. Um, for the uh, for, for the usual cinema goer, you know, a, a massive big screen, uh, watching the big action blockbusters, uh, watching kids films, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is just a, such a great experience. Uh, but laser does add that that kind of element of, uh, of of real clarity for the connoisseur. <laughs> and you've mentioned customer service, and uh, I know that one of the key goals for Cineworld is to be the best place to watch a film. Mm-hmm. How do you go about fulfilling this goal? Well, ultimately, we as a business need to deliver great customer service. Uh, you can have, um, kind of draw the analogy of, of uh, going to a restaurant. Um, you can go to a bright, spanking, brand new restaurant and have terrible customer service, uh, and it's likely you won't go back again, versus, I suppose, a slightly older but incredibly friendly restaurant where you definitely will. Um, so uh, customer service is, is core to our business and, and making sure the customer comes first. Uh, but in, a diff- in addition to that, it, it really is making sure that uh, the expectations of the customers are managed so that when they are buying uh, their ticket, because you know, they, they've, they've taken time to, to, to leave home, to, to come out to the cinema, uh, that the in-cinema experience is fantastic. So hence the reason why we have introduced uh, more options. Effectively, you, t- you turn up at the cinema and you can decide whether or not you want to see it um, uh, a film in uh, the real big screen as per IMAX or a thrill seekers experience as in 4DX uh, or in Sheffield, a uh, kind of a premium experience. Um, so we want to be able to provide our customers with, with options. Um, but ultimately, the big screen experience needs to be right every time with great customer service. And uh, I think we're well on the way uh, to achieving that. As I also said in the intro, Cineworld is renowned for its unlimited card. It's been a huge success for you guys. How important is the unlimited card to Cineworld? 
it's 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 really important um it's important because um it does a couple of things uh it makes people loyal to our business uh we are the only exhibitor to have uh unlimited across the whole of our estate customers can go and see as many films as they like in any of our cinemas for just one monthly price uh so it creates loyalty uh, in addition to that, uh, it de-risks cinema. So uh, whereas some of the smaller titles, people, like you mentioned Carol earlier, people may think twice, do I want to see that? Do I not? Not too sure. For unlimited customers, it doesn't matter. You know, they're not paying any more to go and see Carol. And they can take a risk. And so they can take a risk. Um, so it's, it's been a, a fantastic asset for our business um, it's it's growing. Customers love it. Uh, we love our unlimited customers. Um, and in addition, it, it sort of flattens out our week. So it means that uh, over the course of Monday through Friday, uh, during term time when uh, traditionally cinemas may not be so busy, we are still busy. You know, unlimited customers like to go any time of day, any day of the week, um, and they see a lot of films over the course of the year. So um, no, it's it's it, it's a great program. And um, and we love our, uh, we love our unlimited customers. So, and talking about the film slate, you mentioned a couple of films already. How engaged with the film slate do you personally get? Well, as much as possible. Uh, so, I was lucky enough to be at the Baftas uh, on uh, on Sunday night. Um, I get invited to screenings. Inevitably, I struggle to attend many of them. Uh, my life stage, um, shall we say, doesn't always help. Me in this respect, in that I've got three kids, uh, three young boys, but we, you know, we like to go to the cinema at the weekend. So you, you've seen Chipmunks, the road trip. We've then. seen Chipmunks already, which is great. Uh, we're really looking forward to the uh, summer lineup because there's so many fantastic uh, family movies, um, and it's, you know, it, it's really, it, it's true that it's as important for the adults to enjoy the kids' films as it is the kids because uh, the, the marketing activity of, uh, of Pixar and Disney and, and all the rest you know, has got to make adults think, yeah, I, I really want to go and see that movie. So um, I think in a funny sort of way, us calling family films family films is almost a misnomer. They are definitely all audience films uh, and we see... Uh, a widespread of of customers um, uh, coming to all the films. So you know we're looking forward to Zootropolis, Secret Life of Pets, uh, Tarzan. Uh, it's, it's just a great stellar Finding lineup Dory. for this. Uh, Finding Dory. It's, I mean, it's a great a good, stellar lineup for this uh, for the summer. That's a great point you mentioned about family films because we do research on who goes to see actual individual titles, and we find that the big family films, though last year Inside Out, Minions. They're sort of sixty to seventy percent over eighteen. You know, it's, yeah. they're as interesting to an adult audience. And I think particularly Inside Out, yeah. which is so intelligent and so um, well thought out and funny as well. Yeah, that um, they play just as strongly with an adult audience. And that was that was one of one of the best movies I thought for, for from last year. Uh, I remember sitting, my wife sitting next to me. Uh, my kids singing along, you know, they're just enjoying it for what they're seeing on screen, not necessarily the, the hidden messages behind. But my wife and I have got tears in our eyes as we're seeing, uh, we're seeing, I suppose, that the life of our kids kind of happen in front of us. It was an incredibly um, emotional and powerful movie, apart from that slightly surreal bit in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but maybe that was the, uh, the, the the trip that Pixar went on. But, you know, it was a great movie and... Uh, 
uh, as I say, yeah, we're looking forward to um, to more of the same over the course of the summer. Definitely one of Pixar's very best. So, um, talking about 2016, what have you enjoyed so far in 2016? Well, I thought The Revenant was extraordinary. Uh, I don't often go and see films twice, uh, but I'm going to go tomorrow night with my wife and uh, and watch it for the third time. Uh, she hasn't seen it yet. Um, I think Leo... Leonardo DiCaprio did an extraordinary job um, uh, with that film, so loved um, The Revenant. Uh, I'm delighted to see how well Deadpool's doing. I'm off to see that tonight with uh, with my mates. I don't think my wife really wants to go and see uh, Deadpool. Uh, but, I mean, that's just had a phenomenal opening, so that's really, Incredible. really Take, great I think to see. Taking everyone by surprise, just how big it's been. It's outgrossing any X-Men yeah, film. Yeah, no, fan- fantastic. Um, I also really enjoyed The Big Short. Um, took you know, took us on the journey of explaining quite simply an incredibly complex subject matter. Um, and also makes it funny and entertaining and simultaneously horrifying. Yes. I can't think yes. of many films which have successfully done that. Yes, but um, without any spoiler, t- for them to give us an indication that it could be happening all over again uh, is is a worrying sign. Utterly horrifying finish, uh, yeah. I did get to see Carol, for example. Um, so I've, actually I've seen, I've seen quite a lot. Uh, I, I'm just pleased to see that The Revenant has got its, um, it, its BAFTA So you were very uh, happy with the results on Sunday night? Yes, I say very happy. I haven't seen them all. Um, so I haven't seen Bridge of Spies, but it was pleasing to see that uh, that, that got Best Supporting Actor. Um, I haven't seen Steve Jobs, so I probably want to go and see that now. Coming back to your previous question, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are so many films released in any given year that, uh, that, that not everyone in my position has the fortunate job to uh, to get to see them all but uh, the good thing is is um is a lot of them are still out so yeah, all uh, coming back as well and coming back uh, so the big the big awards winners will be back in cinemas over the next couple of weeks they will and indeed we are running just a bit of a plug for our IMAX film fest we are running a festival of uh IMAX films on Saturday the 27th of February uh, where we're bringing back uh, the best in in IMAX that's not still out. So uh, we're bringing back The Martian, which will be the first time that people will be able to see The Martian in IMAX because it wasn't released in IMAX in this territory. Uh, Jurassic World. We'll be you? showing Jurassic World. Uh, we're showing Gravity Mad Max and Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. So, you know, the Mad Max and... Um, uh, well, most of them are award winners, frankly. Great films. Uh, so, so and yeah, I'd encourage your listeners to... Uh, and it's a special price point as well, isn't it? It is. It's only £3. Uh, it's only in Cineworld IMAXs, uh, and it's only one day, which is Saturday the 27th. So, um, so clear that day, guys. Exactly. Uh, and, and spend it at Be your local Cineworld. Now, that's a good uh, point you mentioned about uh, the, the number of films released. Now, there is a, a huge number of films released each year. I think uh, it's now about 800 films a year. Obviously, Cineworld and most of us can't show them all, and there's always the discussion about how the best small films struggle to get screen space. How do you ensure that Cineworld aren't just focusing on the big blockbusters? Um, well, it helps that our average screen size, uh, our average cinema has 10 screens. Uh, so that allows us to show breadth. Um, in addition, uh, with our unlimited card, our unlimited customers demand to see breadth of product. Um, so we make sure we program accordingly. Uh, 
but as you know, this, this industry is about supply and demand. So if we know there's demand out there, uh, then inevitably we will supply where we can. But we don't control supply. Uh, the number of prints made available for any given film is controlled by distribution. Um, so, you know, we, we've had some examples over the course of the last couple of weeks with this uh, BAFTA Oscar corridor where our customers have said, hey, why, why, why can't I see X? Why can't I see Y? And, and inevitably that's because we just haven't been able to get the prints for, for their local cinema. So we try and offer as much as possible to our customers, but at the same time we're a commercial business. We need to make sure that we, um, we, we maximize um, uh, demand uh, with the right movies. So you know, over the course of this week, you probably go and see in any given cinema potentially mm-hmm. seven or eight different film times for, uh, for Deadpool because everybody wants to see Deadpool at the moment. Now, admissions have fluctuated between roughly between 160 million and 170 million for most of the 21st century, with good years like last year crossing the 170 million mark and then quieter years like 2014 dropping slightly below the 160 million mark. Mm-hmm. What can the major exhibitors such as Cineworld do to get up towards 180 million for the first time since 1971? Well, I suppose that's the $64 million question, isn't it, really? Um, you've, you've noticed I've saved it till last. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> uh, so how do we, yes, cross the Rubicon of, I think the target should be $200 million. Uh, How do we achieve that? Uh, ultimately, we need to carry on making cinema as accessible as possible uh, to a wide range of customers. Um, and that's working in partnership with, with distribution. Uh, you know, we, we, if we look at the number of Marvel films coming out and the number of titles reaching the 18 to 24s, absolutely they have, you know, wrapped up that market with some great product. But the more that we can see some of the uh, older um, audience uh, coming back to cinema because, you know, they've got a bit more time on their hands, those people have, um, have retired, the better. So it'd be great to see uh, some titles reaching, uh, uh, reaching more of them. Um, I think it's a great family product, so it'd be great to see over the course of the year, and we're going to be working hard to encourage families to increase their frequency of, of coming to the cinema. Um, uh, clearly, we're building more cinemas in, uh, in places um, where it perhaps just you know, takes too long to, to go and travel to the local multiplex. So we've built cin- cinemas in, in Stoke and Hinckley and Whiteley and places like that. Uh, so that helps grow the market. Um, but ultimately, exhibitors and distributors need to work together to say, where are the big gaps? Uh, how do we ensure that between us uh, we can reach audiences who have either um, you know, dropped out of going to the cinema or where there's product that, that just doesn't appeal to them but you know we need to carry on working hard we don't rest on our laurels uh, and the more that we can work together with our partners in distribution I think you know ultimately we will get there it's just a question of when and looking ahead for the rest of 2016 what films are you most looking forward to and what do you think will be the biggest films so there's a lot of hope for Batman Superman uh, and I really hope that that delivers um I've really enjoyed the the Dark Knight. I uh, really enjoyed Man of Steel. I'd love to see uh, Batman Superman uh, do as much as each has done individually. If that makes sense. Yeah, and it's got a great release date. Prime Easter holiday release. It's got date, a great March release 25th. date. So, so 
there's a high expectation on on that title. Uh, I think personally, I'm most looking forward to uh, the family product, as, as we've already discussed, because uh, I love going to the movies with uh, with, with my kids. Uh, there's a lot to be really excited about in that uh, in that family corridor. Quite a squeezed corridor. It's a busy uh, summer. It is a busy summer, I think, because the football beforehand and the Olympics afterwards. Uh, but uh, we probably won't last long in the football. And uh, <laughs> and uh, the Olympics, yeah, it's a kind of different time zone. So I think we'll be all right with the should, Olympics. Should, should play for us well. Uh, back end of the year, I'm looking forward to Rogue One. Uh, I must say Star Wars was an exceptional, I'm going to call it a reboot. Uh, it probably does that an injustice, but an exceptional film, which I think 120 million uh, is, you know, is, is a fantastic result for a great movie. So uh, I've heard some really good things about Rogue One uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, I've never been a big Harry Potter fan myself personally, but my kids are starting to read their books now, so I will probably be a latent uh, uh, party to the uh, to the Harry Potter franchise. And that's out in November. And I, mean, I agree with you, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but this one has me more interested. I think mainly because the main characters are adults. Yes. I kind of wasn't so keen on watching the the Harry Potter films when they were small children. And J.K. stock is so strong that uh, that I think you'll have lots of people flocking just to see kind of what has she created next, shall we say. And the interest in the Harry Potter world and the stage show is just... It's, it's phenomenal. Just, phenomenal. It hasn't waned in any way. Absolutely not. So I think that'll, that, you know, that'll be a really big um, movie. Uh, there's a lot of Marvel stuff, as we know. So Captain America um, will be huge. It looks like just another Avengers, yep. but uh, in a Captain America name. Uh, it's great to see Deadpool doing so well, as we've already discussed. So that bears well, potentially, for Suicide Squad later in the year. Uh, so, you know, I think when you when you look at the 16 slate compared to 15... Uh, we got so excited and giddy over Star Wars and Bond and Hunger Games and Jurassic World and Fast and Furious Seven, but ultimately the summer, what and the summer kind of August September in 2015 perhaps wasn't quite as big as we had hoped it could be, and I think 2016 is going to surprise us. I think we're going to see a lot of quality product throughout the year. Uh, and uh, potentially that could lead to 2016 being as strong, if not better, than 2015. But uh, don't replay my podcast <laughs> if <laughs> I'm we'll wrong. We'll sit down this time next year. But ju- I, I agree with you completely. July, August, September, looking much stronger yeah. than last year. I mean, if you look at the... There's a three-week period in July where we've got Ice Age, Ghostbusters, Star Trek, BFG, Finding Dory, Jason Bourne, then Suicide Squad. That's... That would that is going to see huge number of admissions going into the summer holidays, and then you've got things like Dave, uh, David Brent Life on the Road, and then Bridget Jones, yep. which in, in a period last year which was very quiet, we had the worst August for I think over ten years in 2015, and we're yeah. not going to see that this year. No, I was at um, I was at Universal the other day uh, looking at their um, they were presenting their their slate, and um, I should probably be most excited by by Bourne. Uh, because I absolutely loved um, the, the, the the previous Bourne uh, films, uh, they showed us some uh, some clips of Bridget Jones, and that I think ticks every single box as to what people want uh, from Bridget Jones' baby. So, you know, I agree. I think I think the year is shaping up to be a really very strong year, month or month, and uh, and so far so good. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of films uh, for the next 
couple of months basically so if people if any people at agencies are listening and looking at the film slate wondering what they can get involved with um i think we've got a strong march ahead with things like how caesar the coen brothers films at the start of the yep. month then we've got kung fu panda 3 and animalisa which is oscar nominated for best um animated film then we've got the one that kind of came out of nowhere 10 cloverfield lane which is the cloverfield sequel and then as you said batman superman dawn of justice and Eddie the Eagle. Now, I don't know if you guys have, <laughs> are as excited about Eddie the Eagle as a lot of people I know here are, but seems to be one of the most buzzed about titles yeah, of the year so yeah. far. Well, um, I've sadly been watching The Jump on TV, and uh, The Jump is sponsored by Eddie the Eagle, uh, and uh, and it, it looks really funny. Um, I think he's a uh, he's a real character. Um, it's you know pretty much. A totally true story uh, of what he's been through. So uh, no, I think Eddie Eddie will deliver. It, it, as I say, it looks great. Looking forward to it enormously. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Justin. I will be back next month when I'll have another very exciting guest. And don't forget to go to iTunes, click on subscribe, and listen to the podcast. And thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>